0: You guys been Christmas shopping? How many of you guys shop on Amazon? Three years ago, my wife didn't know how to turn on a computer, and now she knows how to shop on Amazon. (laughs) We mostly, our kids are fairly old, and we mostly just give money in an envelope it's kind of a way of saying I love you this much money no not really surely I love him more than that all right are you guys all ready my grandson had his second birthday we had a birthday party and I was really, really shocked about something. I've never seen him show very much emotion, but he got the, one of the presents he got was these little bitty dinosaurs. They're like a buck a piece. But when he opened those, he took his little fists and he goes, like that. I mean, he just like that. I never seen him so excited. So are you guys that excited today? Okay, yeah, yeah. Did you get a dinosaur, Dallas? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Rick, how many kids did we have in youth last, last Wednesday? 69. 70. 69, 70? This is like the most that we've had in like a long, 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 long time. He just got a new ping pong table down there that is semi-pro, okay, that's really good. Um, I played him one game, and I have to say I gave him a royal spanking. <laughs> Don't be talking no smack, Rick, because you can't, you're writing checks, you can't cash. <laughs> you see, I'm in charge here. Last week, um, I talked a little bit at the beginning about kids growing up, and you know, sometimes we ask them and uh, hopefully we do you know, questions concerning what they would like to do in life, and most kids don't know, but some kids do. I wondered yesterday whether my grandson was going to be a paleontologist, you know, study dinosaurs. Of course, I think whenever I was that age, I was all about roping and riding. So much so that whenever I had a pony, and I was only like five years old, but surprisingly, I could get on it and ride it by myself. And um, this is a true story. My first experience, because I wanted to be a roper whenever I was a little bitty kid, and so I had this lasso that I had gotten, and I tied it around my waist, and I was on that pony, his name was Trigger, and we were just barely walking along, and I took the lasso, and I threw it around a fence post, and he kept on walking, and it just jerked me off. And that was the extent of my roping career. I thought, man, if this is what it's like, I don't want no part of this. What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, it's like for kids entering college, it's really, really important that they kind of figure some of this stuff out if they can, or else you end up wasting a lot of money, you know, on uh, switching directions and stuff like that. But sometimes it happens. Um, But the question I have today isn't concerning jobs. The question I have today is, what do you want your life to look like? And that's a question for all of us. It doesn't matter whether we're 13 or we're 86. What do you want your life to look like? Or even more importantly, what does God want our lives to look like? If you would, let's turn to Psalms chapter 92, verse 12 through 14, and we'll look at what the psalmist David writes. Psalms 92, verse 12 through 14. David writes, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still, still bear fruit in old age and they will stay fresh and green. George, what does this have to do with how do I want, what do I want my life to look like? Well, as the ancient psalmist writes here, he mentions words like flourish and life being like a tree, and he even puts in here a palm tree, what's more relaxing than being on the beach? Not at spring break. I'm talking Gulf Coast, nobody else on the beach but you. That's really, really awesome. Awesome like a tree he uses the words planted I once heard an awesome message one time it was called it was talking about blooming right where you're planted I think it's very important um, that people don't just pick up on a whim and get blown like a seed being blown here and there but being distinctly planted just like a farmer plants Um, he mentions words in here about bearing fruit in old age. Still bearing fruit is what the word says, meaning they bore fruit even before they got old, but even in old age, bearing fruit. Fruit like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are all fruits of the Spirit. And then staying fresh and green, I went to the Oasis Christmas dinner last night and I thought I was gonna have to call the cops, they were so out of control. They were so fresh. Especially the middle section of tables there. But no, we had a fun time there. Uh, We had a lot of fun games and everything and awesome food. Um, Even in old age, so, David even writes in there about provisions about even as we get older about growing old gracefully and still staying fresh and green and the the talk about a tree have anybody has anybody ever saw the big giant oak tree out back here at the corner of the camp? if you haven 't after church today, take notice of the big oak tree out there it 's probably the biggest here on the grounds and I don't know. I've had different people estimate how old they thought it might be. Um, Dan, how old do you think that tree is? Okay. Oh, let me just say this. It's an oak tree, and it's, the diameter is probably, I would say, it's probably four and a half feet to five feet wide. 200 plus years old. And you know what? That thing still produces acorns. I know, because I threw one at a kid this year. (laughs) Still producing fruit. But the thing of it is, is those acorns that it produces, even after the tree is gone, those acorns, there's other oak trees out and about in the adjoining woods that have sprouted up from that tree. So the same DNA that is in that tree is in the other trees, and it's not ending. But if I was to sum it up, how I would want to live my life, it would be the word effective. I want to live an effective life. I was talking to a uh, pastor a long time ago um, that was about to retire. And I said, at what point do you feel like that you should retire as a pastor? And he said, well, I think when I get to the point to where I'm not effective... And I will probably go on to doing some other type of ministry. I'll still be in ministry, but I'll probably go on to some other type of ministry. And this, this gentleman, he was right around 64, 65 years old, and he kept on preaching for a while longer, but I think he got to the point to where he felt like, hmm, I think I need to retire, but yet I'm going to do this now. And God's still using that man. Um. So yeah, an effective life. So what does an effective life look like? Do we have, what's the metrics that we use to measure that? Is it in length of time? You know, the, I, I guess we've developed this thought that if I make it to be 100, then I have won. But Jesus, the 33 years that he spent, that was an effective life, right? Amen. To save the whole world. You know, that's very effective for those who, whosoever that believe in him, that they shouldn't perish, but have eternal life. How do we have this effective life? You know, because life deals us junk every day, doesn't it? Does that mean you won't have problems or issues or interruptions? No, Sometimes bad things even happen to good people. Let's take Saul for instance. And Saul's conversion, you know, he had his day planned out. On he was headed to Damascus. And you know, of course, he was there to throw Christians in jail or kill them or whatever, you know. He had his day planned out. But out of the blue, God knocks him out. He knocked him out. And he was even blinded for a while. And his day got totally interrupted. And then he met up with another dude and he prayed over him these scales fell from his eyes and Paul turned his life around. And now he's headed in a totally opposite direction from the direction that he was headed. A total interruption to his life. Paul leads a life Led by the Lord. <clears throat> His steps are directed by the Lord. In Psalms 119, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have under the hidden blanket here. This one's too modern. This is kerosene. And I don't know what they used back then, but I'm assuming... If you had a lamp back in the days of David, it would have probably been something like a makeshift candle. Uh, I don't even know if they had globes in. I don't know if there was glass blowers in or not. But their lamp was probably a poorly lit. Like it didn't give a whole lot of light. So a lamp unto my feet, the walk would been like this. A nice, steady walk, right? When you're in the dark. And a light into my path. Now, I'll get back to that point here in just a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 5 through 7. And this is Paul after his conversion. And he's, he's encountered many things along the way. But in verse 1, he says, I will visit you after passing through Macedonia. For I intend to pass through Macedonia. And perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. And whenever I read this, I thought, Paul, make up your mind. What are you going to do? I intend to, perhaps... I hope, if the Lord permits, Paul is leading a surrendered life. Two things that will help you to lead an effective life. One of them is leading a surrendered life. Paul has made plans to go to Macedonia, and he intends to go. And perhaps he will stay, maybe even the winter. And he hopes to spend time with him if the Lord permits. So as Paul's walking along with a plan of where he's going and what he's going to do very intentionally, but if the Lord permits, perhaps he intends to, but just maybe God may say, stop for just a second, I want you to do this. And Paul takes just a little bit different route because he's following just exactly where God's leading him. Now, there can be two sides to that coin, can't there? God doesn't lead you like this. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, wait, wait a minute. I don't know. God's not the author of confusion, is he? He's a lamp unto our path and a nice walk. But just maybe God has something just a little bit different than what you have originally planned. One of the best things that might happen to you is that you may not get what you think you want. But you get what God wants. Sometimes his plan is a little bit better than what ours is. Matter of fact, a whole lot better than what ours is. I'm a firm believer. You plan the work, you work the plan. Isn't that a good plan? And I think the Holy Spirit can direct our path to do that very thing if we will be in tune with him. Lead a surrendered life. God is not the author of confusion, but yet he wants us to be in tune to listen to the Holy Spirit leading a surrendered life, and the, the second thing is leading a surrounded life. Surrounding yourself with surrendered people. Paul writes later on, and he lists some people, Timothy, Apollos, Stephanus, Fortunatus, Acacius, Achilla, and Priscilla, of people that he surrounded himself with, surrounded himself with surrendered people. I have a giant, giant circle of people that I am friends with and that I have acquaintances with. And, you know, I I have tons of friends, but I have a very small amount of people that I actually share the most intimate things about me with. And they are people who are, that I have full confidence that they are surrendered people that they are people of integrity. Not that anybody else isn't, it's just that those are the types of people that are matched with me, you know, personality-wise and everything else. Surrounding yourself with surrendered people. That's not to be confused with a clique, okay? Because this church has roughly about 430 people, right? And each of us have different interest, okay? Different interests, different likes, different dislikes. And people tend to be like whales to where we pod up according to our interest or our music or, you know, whatever, our age, different things like that. And these different pods that we have, let's say if there was 15 or 20 of them within this church... There's a difference between being a clique or having the same interest of what somebody else has, isn't there? And us being able to mesh up at those edges and not having a exclusiveness, but yet it's okay to have the same interest, right? The uh, small group in Flora, they've welcomed me and my wife in to come and and learn with them. We're studying in uh, the book of Revelations. And it's just, last week was the first weekend and it was just really awesome. And they could say, We don't want any smart aleck Orientals here. (laughs) But they didn't. They welcomed me in, no matter if I'm smart alecky or not. Lead a surrounded life with surrendered people. If you all would go ahead and please stand. As the musicians go ahead and play, maybe you're somebody in here and you say, George, I don't know what you you mean by a surrendered life. And whenever I say a surrendered life, let's start off with surrendering to Jesus. If you've never surrendered to Jesus and given your life to him, today would be a great day to do that. Matter of fact, let's all just bow our heads and close our eyes. And let's pray a prayer of salvation all together, okay? You you pray after me, okay? Dear Lord Jesus, please come into my life. I surrender to you. Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would help me through this life and help me to be effective. I will follow you from this day forth. In Jesus' name, amen. With your eyes still closed, if there's anybody in here that prayed this prayer for the very first time in their life, and I won't embarrass you, please just slip up your hand real quick. Just real quick. Yes, thank you. If you slipped up your hand or if you didn't even slip up your hand, um, I would ask that you would fill out that card after service and turn it in to me and I'll be glad to pray with you or you can come down here, here in just a second and we will pray with you again and I sure do appreciate your honesty. Anybody else now that has any other prayers, I ask that you would come forward and bring them to the Lord. If you want to have an effective life, surrender to Him and surround yourself with surrendered people as they play.
1: Lord, I come and I confess Bowing here I find my rest Without You I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. And Lord, I need You. Oh, I need You. Every hour, I need You. My. A mí. Yeah. Defense my righteousness. Oh God, how I
0: It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.